Good evening. Good evening and welcome to the CASA update for the week of 125-2016. So what's new and exciting this week, Alex? <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. Um, let's see where to start. Um, I think we... Trying to, I'm looking at my timeline here on Florida, um, just as a, a follow-up. We've updated the blogs, and I, I, yes. I sort of assume that most people in Florida um, are paying attention to this. Mm -hmm. um, but the uh, House Bill 1143 sailed, as predicted, through the first committee hearing. Um, and uh, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's that. That was... Nobody should be surprised by that. That was pretty much what everybody expected to happen. There are two more committee hearings after this. Yes. Um, and as I understand it, um, some of the, uh, the, the Florida advocates, uh, Kevin Skipper and FSFA, I believe are going to be working on offering their own amendments to the bill. Um, so we'll be following that and, uh, and see where that goes. Uh, and then on Tuesday, uh, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie uh, vetoed a pair of bills that would have raised the age for purchasing all tobacco products and electronic cigarettes to 21. Um, the age that to was purchase... a surprise. That was a surprise. That was a big surprise that he vetoed it. Really. It was a little bit, but um, I, I did see. I think an NBC. Um, or MSNBC, somebody put out a, uh, a story about how much tobacco lobbying money he had accepted or something in, in 2014. I can't remember exactly the details on it. Um, right. But uh, Christie is also, you know, he had proposed in, in his budget in 2013 um, the... Uh, uh, e-cigarette tax yeah and uh eventually that got left out of the budget i, I think mm -hmm. you know, part of that had to do with some of the testimonies that they received i think in the finance committee hearings and the budget committee hearings and also i think he realized that it was sort of poorly thought out yeah. um so uh, it wouldn't necessarily put Christie in the uh, friend of the vapors category. Um, he also sort of blamed the legislature for sending him tons and tons of bills at the last, you know, at the end of the year for him to sign. And right. um, I think he just looked at that and said, this is outrageous. And I think he, I don't know if rubber stamp veto is, is a term, but I think he just vetoed a lot of things because he was fed up. Um, Probably. so, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, good news, I think for, for, uh, young adults in New Jersey who have switched to vapor products. And, yeah. uh, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, <laughs> since that actually, it might've been before, I'm not going to waste time to look it up, but there is another bill. Uh, that was introduced for this session that will would raise the age. Um, so uh, I'm trying to, I was I, there was an email about it. So tobacco twenty one is just the new dance craze. Absolutely. Um, I just saw an alert about it. I think it's SB three fifty nine. 
Let's see. And, you know, the, the nice thing is, is he's not just going to be upsetting vapors. He's going to be upsetting people that switch to snooze or smokeless products or any of that. I don't think upsetting is quite the word. I think um, putting them, putting their lives at risk is probably a better. Well, structure. I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, he's also infantilizing people, people that can you know, make adult decisions in every other way are not allowed to be exposed to tobacco, which is just kind of ridiculous in any form. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, uh, Senate Bill 359. Right. Uh, this has been introduced by Senator Richard Cody. Uh, this was actually introduced, uh, well, referred to the Senate Health and Human Services and Senior Citizens Committee on <laughs> January 12th. Uh, there was a hearing scheduled today, but we have feet of snow on the ground, and I'm pretty sure that most lawmakers are shoveling their driveways or perhaps their <laughs> entire neighborhood um, Probably. today. So, yeah, there's a lot of places that are not accessible in the Northeast Corridor right now. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, governments all over the I-95 Corridor are shut down today. Um hmm. In fact, for the entire day, the, the, the city where I live, the heavy equipment was out uh, loading the snow up onto dump trucks to take it away. I live across the street from a, a middle school, so our wow. neighborhood tends to get priority. That's um, kind of nice. Yeah, but enough about my snow story. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, Tobacco 21 is the new dance craze of seeing these bills pop up all over the place. And, um, you know, we're still, I think, trying to feel out CASA. It, it, we're still trying to kind of feel out how to approach this stuff. I mean, obviously, we're talking about, um, you know, my, the, my perspective on this is obviously we're talking about adults who right. uh, are, are going into this as smokers. And uh, this is essentially taking away low-risk, smoke-free alternatives from them. And, uh, you know, even after they jack up the age, cigarettes are still going to be the easiest things for them to get their hands on. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you're between the ages of 18 and 21, um, there's really nothing... You know, there's there's no law that says you can't smoke. Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, it's not like raising the alcohol age to 21, where you know if you're caught drinking under the age of 21, there are penalties. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it's it's a half measure. Um, it's 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 a half measure, and it's not likely to produce the the results that they would like to claim now. As long as vaping is is still out there, you know, mm -hmm. and and uh, vapor stores are are prolific, and um, all the, the wonderful products are on the shelves, we're, we'll still see uh, a decline in smoking rates, likely due to people switching to to vapor products. Right. Um, and so, uh, in the wake of these policies, all the anti-smoking people can claim victory because smoking rates will continue to decline. Mm -hmm. Probably, or I mean, uh, fingers crossed. You know, right. uh, Hawaii, I think, will be a good um, 
test for this. Uh, and certainly, I, I, you know, I don't know how, how far down the, the data goes on, on specific municipalities um, from year to year with smoking rates. But, okay. um, you know, we, all, we already have, um, I can't remember if it was a study or, you know, how good the study was, but there was something that came out late last year um, regarding, you know, strict enforcement of no sales to minors actually increases smokes. Strict enforcement of no sales to minors for electronic cigarettes actually contributes to a rise in smoking rates amongst right. that age group. So mm -hmm. um, I would be curious to see if similar data doesn't emerge with all this Tobacco 21 nonsense. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, several states have this. I'm not going to list everybody. I don't have everything in a list in front of me. But okay. just be aware that if you live in a state uh, that begins with a letter and is in the United <laughs> States, there's a strong possibility that Tobacco 21 laws are coming to your neighborhood, yeah. um, especially if you live in Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know Washington State is is looking at a Tobacco 21 bill, uh, and I think there's a couple of other things going on in Washington State. Um, I'm not entirely clear with what's going on there. I just know that there's some action. Um, but a little further north, Alaska is looking at some exciting bills. Um, I think one of them might... Let me just double check here. Um, I have the wrong things open. Well, we'll start with Alaska. Okay. So Alaska has, I, I don't think it has a companion bill yet. Um, but, uh, oops, that's the wrong place to go. Um, Alaska is looking at, let's just look at Alaska. Um, sorry, I'm getting familiar with this new tracking software. Right. So just bear with me while I no click through deal. the steps here. Yeah, um, it's it's actually probably quicker than the spreadsheet I had last year. <laughs> um, so uh, as far as I can tell, there is one bill in Alaska regarding taxes. Um, okay. The by the way, uh, the Indoor Clean Air Act bills. I believe that was SB one and AB forty or HB forty. I forget which ones in the Senate, which ones in the House. Um, but uh, those have carried over and I think are still, you know, active right. um, for what it's worth. They didn't move a whole lot last year, so mm -hmm. who knows what that'll end up being. But the thing to look out for in Alaska, and again, the tax threats are super important and, and absolutely a threat everywhere because states are scrambling to get money. Right. Um, and I, I don't, I don't exactly know the budget woes of Alaska, but um, everybody needs money. So um, Alaska is looking at a 100% wholesale tax. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, that is SB 133. You, you just and said 100%, right? Yes. I did. I did say 100% wholesale tax. Yeah. 100% of whatever the wholesale price is would be your tax for your device or your liquids? Um, I have to just look at this again. Okay. Um, if this... Yeah, uh, I yeah, do know... It's yeah. electronic smoking devices, so uh, this would be 
you know, I don't know what the wholesale price is of a high end mod, but just, right. you know, double that. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, when you're, they did stop their, you know, how the people who live there got an oil payment from the oil companies for living in Alaska. They stopped that and they're talking about instituting for the first time a state tax, a state um, income tax, not a sales tax. Okay. So I think their woes are pretty big. Yeah. Well, and how can Alaska be broke? That's what I don't get. Uh, have you looked at gas prices lately? That's how Alaska can be broke. <sighs> Alaska can be broke because of the Middle East. And they're not stopping pumping. But I digress. Yeah. Alaska. No, actually, in that vein, actually, you know, a topic of discussion around our house is how Canada's doing. And uh, the Canadian dollar, I believe, is down to 55 cents on the American yeah. dollar. Uh, and that's because the, the previous prime minister, Stephen Harper, uh, basically based the economy around the oil, the oil, the tar sands uh, and the oil production in Canada. So, um, so yeah, everybody who's heavily invested in that, I think, is hurting pretty hard. Yeah. Um, so um, anyway, that's Alaska. Um, and uh don't have a hearing date on this yet, but uh, people can look forward to a call to action on that, I'm sure, at some point, okay. um, possibly soon. The other thing that I promised to get back to everyone on was um, this is a carryover year for a lot of states. Right. So we have a lot of states that have shorter sessions, the lightning round kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and this moves on to New Mexico. New Mexico has a 30-day legislative session this year, um, which means things might move rather quickly. Um, but we have two tax bills in New Mexico. Um, one is absolutely outrageous, and I don't see that going very far. Um, that would be SB4. Uh, this is uh, $0.04 cents per milligram of nicotine, not milligram per milliliter, per milligram in the bottle. So I did some That's... quick math on a bottle of, of e-liquid that I might buy, which would be 30, milligram, 30 milliliters of 24 milligram. Right. That would jack up the cost by over $28 just <laughs> on the tax. Um, you know, <clears throat> for some brands, that is more than double the cost of the retail cost of, of the, the bottle. Right. <clears throat> in addition to that, there's a labeling requirement in that bill that would require um, a, a listing the the total content of nicotine in the bottle, oh. uh, which again this sort of falls in that like every kind of ridiculous requirements. I'm sure somebody thinks that that's significant, and um, I, I also it's kind of one of those required to scare people things. Yeah. Um, but it really doesn't present any useful information to the consumer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, nobody really, I mean, I guess if you're contemplating consuming 700 some odd milligrams of nicotine, <laughs> you maybe you want to know that, I, I guess. Um, but it, it's kind of, you know, it's irrelevant at that point. I mean, if that's right. what your, if that's what your plans are for the day, because I don't think having that posted on the bottle is really going to make a difference. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, that's just a, a, kind of a, an aside of a little 
bit of ridiculousness there. Um, right. I think there's also some licensing in there too. But uh, again, it's such an outrageous tax. I can't imagine anybody actually supporting that once they find out what that means. Um, right. uh, yeah, the other, but but they don't really ever find out what that means, Alex. That's that's the problem. Is the people well, that are passing laws regulating us don't even understand what it is that they're agreeing to. I think they uh, Washington State was one of the first ones that had language like this, if I remember correctly, and they had they had a certain cent per milligram tax, and um, advocates there got in front of them and said, "This is you, <laughs> you might be thinking about the little number on the bottle that says you know eighteen milligrams right. per milliliter." Um, in terms, you might just be thinking about that little number, but really you have to consider the per milliliter uh, bit there. So take that tax times the amount of milligrams times the amount of milliliters in the bottle, and that's what you're talking about. So, so I, I, in some cases, I think it is just a you know an issue where people don't actually understand the measurements. Um, uh, but uh, who knows with New Mexico? So. Um, yeah, hopefully someone in New Mexico <laughs> breaks out a calculator and lets them know what's going on here. Um, but there is another tax bill, uh, SB 77. Uh, this is new. This was introduced. Um, this is pre-filed legislation, I believe. Um, and this is a 65% excise tax. Um, uh, again, I don't have a hearing for that or anything, but, uh, you know, 65% certainly appears to be more reasonable than four cents per milligram of nicotine. Um, yep. So not a real option there anyway, but uh, uh, yeah. So New Mexico looking at two tax bills this year and 30 day session, I guess what we've got, uh, let's see, when is the 18th? Uh, the 18th is a Thursday and that'll be um, one, two, three weeks from this Thursday. So we got okay. a little over three weeks left in New Mexico's legislative session for this year. Okay. <sighs> Moving right along. Um, I think we already talked about Maine the other week, but um, this is not... So the Maine tax bill, um, LD973, I guess we should probably just clear this up just in case. Um, so according to some legislative procedure, Article 330 or something like that, this was placed in uh, the legislative file or the Senate file or House file, something like that. It was filed somewhere. Um, and essentially, in, in, in the tracking program that we use in parentheses, it, it says dead. Um, <laughs> but don't be fooled by that. Again, we saw this last year a couple of times where people were celebrating that bills died, or, you know, the sponsor walked away from a bill or this and that. And then a couple of months later, it just comes back out of the yeah. blue. So, Resurgence of the zombie bills. It can even, always happen. Even though the state legislature page says dead, 
there's still some procedural magic that can happen, however unlikely, um, in order to bring it out of this file in the basement where it is, um, two thirds of the, uh, the house has to agree to revive it again, however improbable, still not impossible. So, um, I, I've updated that to, to say the bill is not currently a threat, but, um, people in Maine should still be aware of, of the tax threat and by all means take the opportunity to contact your lawmakers and educate them about vapor products. And if you're uh, feeling uh, particularly uh, inspired with gratitude, um, send them a thank you note for not taxing vapor products. Um, people right. love thank you notes. Oh yeah. Um, let's see. What else do we got? Oh yes, Virginia does have. Uh, I'm sorry, Washington does have a, a tobacco twenty one bill. Um, just looking through my files, I, I'm 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 I, I didn't do a legislative preview this year, um, <laughs> because I, I it was kind of unclear as to you know last year we have whenever you have kind of a brand new session you're going to get a lot of pre-filed legislation. Um, right. This year we didn't see a whole lot of pre-filed legislation. I, I'm pretty sure the New Mexico tax bill was the only pre-filed bill that I saw, you know, before January. Um, okay. So uh, a lot of this stuff is carried over. Um, but just looking at taxes, um, you know, we've got, we talked about Alaska, um, Hawaii. I have two tax bills there. Um, I think this bill in Iowa. I don't. I don't know if that carries over or not. So I. I don't think that's actually a threat. Um, Kentucky. Kentucky and West Virginia. I don't have a bill yet for West Virginia, right. um, as far as I know. But um, this is going to be something for people to follow because the governor is looking again to raise some revenues. Um, so uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it uh, it it's like like you're swimming in it this year. Yeah, a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants money, and everybody thinks an easy way to do it is to tax vapor products. But I think they're finding out that the math makes it really hard. There's no way to standardize that and make it a reasonable tax and a reasonable money maker for the state. You know. I mean, reasonable for the people to pay and reasonable for the state to collect revenue on. It's just not performing the way they had hoped. Maybe that'll discourage uh, future legislative sessions, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, one other little bit. I, I haven't gotten around to issuing a local call to action for this yet. Um, this bit of uh, lawmaking magic is still in the... Uh, <laughs> I guess in the editing phase, uh, there's a little town in Vermont called Ludlow. And I spent some time during the blizzard watching a recording of a planning commission hearing. Um, <clears throat> the planning commission hearing takes place in what I imagine is sort of a multi-purpose activity room right. uh, in uh, what used to be a storefront on the main street of Ludlow, Vermont. Uh, small town. I'm sure it's very cute and, and mm -hmm. uh, 
pleasant place to be, but uh, they are looking at uh, prohibiting vapor retail shops in their community. Um, and I bring this up because <clears throat> I was actually contacted by somebody writing an article about this is, is how I found out about it. Um, the discussion goes from let's let's talk about this ordinance prohibiting a vapor retail shop to well you know Vermont's going to be legalizing the marijuanas right <laughs> right and it's it, it's just one of those very bright examples of how you know as the drug war winds down and states are becoming more permissive about marijuana in particular, that the, the prohibitionists, mm -hmm. I, I'm pretty sure there's a gene at some point to, <laughs> that makes a prohibitionist. Um, they are looking for other things to go after. And so nicotine is the next logical target. And, um, so I, I really kind of just wanted to bring that point up. I don't want to talk too long about it because we're already coming up at the 30-minute mark here. But um, right. just once again, you know, a lot of these policy people, we all know this. I'm preaching to the choir here. But, <laughs> you know, this, this has very little to do with public health and substantially more to do with um, lifestyle choices or... I don't know, just generally stuff that you want to do in your leisure time. It's and and and, and of course more to do with prohibition and control. These are people right. that, um, yeah, they're the new Puritans, is what that's they it. are. That's that's the word I was looking for, Puritans. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, you know, nicotine in their eyes is is deviant behavior, and um, <clears throat> I will say just. So it's out there in the ether as a recovering alcoholic and addict myself. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I do take a little bit of issue with people that want to demonize, uh, addiction and yeah. throw that word around. Like it's some sort of communicable disease. Um, so, you know, well, I mean, most, most policies written by these people are, they're people who've never experienced addiction in their lives and have no idea what it really means. I mean, I think if you were to talk about nicotine, you might want to talk about maybe, I, I think it's a little bit of dependence, but I think a little bit of dependence is a lot different than an addiction. And it's a shame that they don't understand the real difference between the two. You know, I, I, anybody who's hung out with Carl for any amount of time, I, I right. think um, it, you might end up questioning. I, I <laughs> sort of ended <laughs> up questioning whether I've actually experienced addiction, um, right. and I've been through I've been through inpatient treatment for it. So, right. um, yeah, you know what we actually understand what we understand about the brain and what we understand about things like addiction is. Um, is developing and it, it's actually, you know, somewhat small in, in comparison to other um, areas of, of, of biology and science and so on. So, um, 
you know, I, I think in general, I, I think people, I hope that eventually people come to a, a more broader consensus that um, what we understand about addiction is 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 really just just beginning to learn. I think some yeah. very important details about it, oh, yeah. um, as far you know, in terms of treatment and prevention and so on. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, I, you know. When people start talking about how nicotine is the most addictive substance on the planet, your little bells and whistles should be going off in your brain. Um, That person is just parroting things that they've heard over and over again. There's really not much substance behind that. In fact, I was reading a a photo posted on on Twitter from somebody in the UK earlier um, and and things that, that a lot of vapors who have really dug into this issue understand. That um, you know, we have years of, of we have tons of studies that were done on nicotine replacement therapy to mm-hmm. talk about you know to understand whether or not these products would work. And right. of course, they you know they established that the addiction liability or abuse liability with with nicotine alone type products was actually remarkably low. Mm-hmm. So um, it's you know it, it really is con- concerning. It should concern everybody, not just smokers, not just vapors. But the way that these um, public health advocates—I can't even say that without feeling weird. Um, air quotes. Way, Stick air, air yeah, quotes. The, the air quote public health advocates are throwing the magical properties of nicotine around is is really distorting the public's understanding of science. So yes, yeah, yes, absolutely. I agree with you a thousand percent. And they're distorting it to ensure that they still have a job, I think, more than they care about you or they care about your health. Yeah. That that's the other thing to I think think about when you when you read these statements. And then of course the really scary ones are the ones that actually believe it. Yeah. Well I think this the scary one yeah, the true believers are scary, but what's scarier is what percent of these people would still say and do these things without a paycheck also something to consider um so does that seem like it's about it tonight alex i think that will wrap it up if i missed anything i'll be sure to bring it up next time i had this thought in my head that i had a bunch of links that i wanted to just mention so that we would link to them in the description but uh no, I think that does it for this week. Okay. Thank you, Alex. Thank you for everything you do for us, and we'll see you next Monday. Great. Thank you. Thanks. Night. Bye.